Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Friends Mic'd Up. Last week we talked about living with an eternal mindset and what that looks like. To bounce off that episode, we wanted to talk about evangelism, what it means and what it looks like in our lives. We hope you enjoy. So you guys know that I love to have these like little bits that I do at school and to ask funny things. And one of the things that I love to do with my students is ask them like, oh my gosh, have you heard the good news? And some of them will know that I'm talking about Jesus and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And we move on. But my favorite is there will be like three or four students and we're all like, yeah, I've heard the good news. And one student will be like, no, like I haven't heard the good news. And I'm like, okay. And we just kind of leave it there. And I just, I think it's so funny, I guess, to see them like, just like, oh, what is it? Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? It's Jesus. Or something else that was (laughs) pertaining to that day. But the good news is that who Jesus Christ is, that he is the savior of the universe, that he came and he died, and he wants to have a relationship with you. (laughs) And that's how I would present it if I were to ever tell Just leave them on the cliff, though. Yeah, keep them coming back. I'll just tell them to listen to the podcast. Yes, they'll finally get to learn the good news. That's what we should have called this. Ooh, come back next week for the good news podcast. That's totally, definitely taken. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) It should be ours. (laughs) We can ask the people who have it if they want to trade. No, No. we are friends mic'd up. I already ordered the merch. Yeah, we're already like 12 episodes in. But on on the topic of good news, other than just like silly, goofy, uh, have you heard the good news? Like, what are we, us three individuals here, and like what are we as like God's church doing to spread the good news? There's a lot of ways that you can go about spreading the good news, and I think a lot of people want to play it off as like this passive thing where you show love by your actions and like the way that you speak and treat people should be definitely a testimony to your faith, but... Oftentimes we let that be the only way that we spread the good news rather than like actually telling people about Jesus who came to free them from their sins and the bondage of all of the bad things going on in the world. And we neglect that aspect of evangelism. It's kind of a big word. What is evangelism? You have the degree. You take (laughs) it over. Evangelism is basically just the telling of the good news and how it is a part of your life. The good news being that Jesus Christ came to take away your sins and restore your relationship back with God. So, in simple terms, for people like me, it's just spreading the gospel. Yep. Bingo. Yes. Good Bingo to bongos. know. Three words. I'm all caught up now. Start <laughs> do you think everyone's supposed to do that? I think every believer absolutely should, should be doing that. You talked about it before when... If somebody had the cure for cancer, why in the world would they ever keep that to themselves? Like, if you knew about the one thing that could give you life and give you peace and give you joy, which, hate to break the news, but you do know, (laughs) why would you not want to tell every single person that you care about and probably every single person that you didn't care about how to have this wonderful, abundant life, as the Bible calls it? So is that like just preaching a sermon to everyone you come in contact yeah, with? Does, does that mean that it's my job to be a preacher? Didn't know that it was my job to answer all the questions today. <laughs> you have the big degree. <laughs> I think that everyone has a different calling towards how they share the gospel. I mean, Kylie shares the gospel in her class. Allison had the opportunity to possibly share the gospel with her plasma donation lady. I get to hang out with the students at church all the time and so do the both of y'all also but there's just different 
ways that you can do it in your life and it probably depends on what you're good at and who you interact with and if your parents are lost and you live in their house like that's a perfect opportunity to share the gospel if your best friend isn't a believer like what a better there's no better place to start than there and so I would say just look around at the people that are in your circle and the gifts and talents that you have and just do it however you can do it speaking about those gifts and talents a couple years ago, um, me and Allison were visiting our friend in Arkansas, and like, I don't know if it was part of a sermon or if he had just like talked to us about it the night before. But we were looking at like the spiritual gifts, and he's like, "Well, take a test. Like, you can know the spiritual gifts from just like studying and discernment from through the spirit of what your spiritual gifts are. But if you're kind of lost about like maybe where you should start, go to the internet. <laughs> Ask Absolutely. The internet. And so we took these spiritual gifts tests, and one of mine like. Like, they give you, like, your top five that you're most likely to get to. Side note, teaching was not mine, which is the most bamboozling (laughs) thing to me. But whatever. I'm going to do it anyway. Sorry, internet. But one of the other results was that evangelism specifically was something that, like, I was quote-unquote spiritually gifted in. So does that mean that of the the three of us, I'm the only one that should be evangelizing? Because that's my spiritual gift. I think that there are certain people that are specifically good at spreading the gospel. I can look back at people in my life in different ways that I see them just strike up a conversation with a stranger and it turns into them praying with someone for salvation. And that is absolutely not my spiritual (laughs) gift. But I think that whether you're good at it or you're not good at it, you need to do it. I was trying to find a screenshot of my spiritual gifts, but I can't find it. But I do remember that um, I don't believe evangelism was on mine, but teaching was. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of crazy to me because <laughs> I've talked in previous episodes about like not wanting to teach. Like I don't find myself being a leader. But I think through evangelism, like you can kind of teach. Like you're basically just teaching about teaching people about what you believe. Yeah. And so maybe through that test, it was telling me that like I have the capabilities of like leading a conversation and like telling about what I know. But. I mean, all of the spiritual gifts are used to bring God glory, and you might just be doing that in, like, a quote-unquote teaching setting. For me, after, like, reading, like, what it had said under evangelism, I think it, what it should have said is, has no shame. Like, I am just, <laughs> just very willing to talk to strangers about whatever, and I'm never going to see them again unless I see them in heaven, so I might as well make a fool out of myself, and if that looks like, have you heard the good news? <laughs> then cool, by all means, I'll do that. Um... I think you are absolutely right. Like, having that quote-unquote gift, like, I don't think that that negates any other believer because that would mean that the whole entire New Testament is not for them because so much of the New Testament is about being called to spread the good news and Mm -hmm. to tell people about who Jesus is. For me, I'm not one that can just strike up the conversation. Like, can you... Mm -mm. Have you heard the good news? Like, that's not me. We probably had to be talking for a long while for me to like finally bring it up and that's not because I am ashamed of the gospel or I'm ashamed of like being a Christian that's just my personality mm-hmm. like I'm very slow to like initiate conversations because I also don't want to rub people the wrong way mm-hmm. I've never been one that's like well she just shoves her religion down my throat and like I want to present it to you but not shove it down your throat and I think people are receptive in different ways and God's gonna lead you to form that connection with the people that need that connection formed and in Kylie's case maybe some people will just be immediately receptive and she'll get to speak to them and Holy Spirit's gonna guide you to go the appropriate way. I think the easiest time for me has been 
sharing the gospel through a different language. And that was through the use of an interpreter. Like, I had the ability to say something and be like, actually, don't say that. Like, rephrase it. And she, so would, nice. she would say it correctly. Yeah. It really helped that. the anxiety. Yeah. Because it was like I was just talking to one person, but then she was relaying the message to, like, a group of people. And that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think going back to the gifts and kind of not also like what you had said in the beginning Michaela is that I have heard these two like different ideas or thoughts of like how to evangelize and one of them is like no boldly proclaim the gospel have your bible out show scripture tell them explicitly like Jesus is my lord and savior and I want to tell you all about him and that's absolutely like 100% right But then I've also heard proclaim the gospel and use words if necessary, that our actions and all the things that we do should be so countercultural to like the world that we live in that people can't help but like be drawn to us and wanting to know and they end up asking questions or hopefully they just have a little bit of knowledge of the gospel and know like, oh, that must be someone who knows Jesus. And somehow... I have also heard that one is always wrong, but, like, one is the correct answer. Hmm. Like, I was taught by one person specifically that, like, like, you don't ever need to say that you read the Bible or that, like, this is what scripture says, like, your actions should be doing that. And then I went to church and heard from another person that, like, eh, no, 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 like, that's a load of hooey. Your actions should not be the thing pointing. It should be, you should be letting Jesus do that. So what are your thoughts? I'm sure y'all are both going to say you do both, but... Oh, yeah, it's got to be both. I think that you can't believe something and not live it out. Mm -hmm. And so your words and your actions absolutely should portray the gospel. But you can't, you have to care enough to tell the people around you also. Like, if this is important to you, you're going to talk about it. If you found a good sell at Target, like, you're going to tell your friends. If you found a new makeup product that you really like, you're going to tell your friends. If you found something that changes your whole entire life, you're going to tell your friends. Like, it's got to be both. Yeah, I don't like the just let your actions proclaim the gospel because there's people out there who don't know the gospel and they live, like, great lives. Like, they're great people. They pay their taxes. They let someone pull out in front of them. They Not me, man. They don't. They don't <laughs> I do one of those things. <laughs> it's not the we'll taxes. We'll put it in the poll. <laughs> but, like, they just live very, like, wholesome lives but they don't know Jesus so if you were only to go on like people's actions you would think a lot more people are Christians than actually are and then there are some people who say they love Jesus and are Christians but their actions like say completely differently like they are they are not slow to speak they are not slow to anger those are the people that are usually starting Facebook fights like (laughs) just saying those are the people like you go to church but maybe I shouldn't be so critical but (laughs) I think the worst way to evangelize is to say you're a Christian and like tell people about God and then live completely opposite of how the Bible tells you to. So you can't just use words and you can't just use actions. Like you have to use both. And honestly, now that like we're discussing those two things, that's probably a pretty incredible tool that the enemy uses to keep people away from the gospel is he probably loved the 2020 election and all the Facebook <laughs> fights, the, the Jake book fights that came about. <laughs> and to see, like, this is what Christianity is? Like, he probably was gobbling that up to see <laughs> how misrepresented the gospel was. And he proso- probably also loves not messing with people that don't know the Lord and letting them have these perfect, cushy lives because why would they ever need it? And why would 
potential believers ever be like, oh, I desperately need Jesus when this unbeliever, they're doing great things. They're showing love. They're showing kindness. And they make a lot more money than I do. <laughs> I know that the Bible also says, like, they'll know us by the way we love people. So that is testament to, like, he will be seen, like, through your actions. But Jesus also told the people that he performed miracles on to go and tell. Like, it wasn't, go, just let them see that I healed you, but go and tell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, Jesus himself even proclaimed that he was God. So if it wasn't necessary to talk about who God was, it was by Jesus. Like, he was the only homie that didn't mm-hmm. need to say it, and he still proclaimed it. Mm-hmm. As we're talking about, like, how uncomfy it can be to talk, of, talk to other people about it, um... One of the things that I remember being so changing for me, I guess would be the word I'm looking for, is we went on a like youth group mission trip to Nixa, and y'all actually went the year before I got to go. Missouri. To Yeah, yeah, Missouri. And um, you guys did things like you evangelized in the park. Like you openly talked to students, to adults, and you either gave them a little summary rundown of who Jesus is or who you are and why you're in the park. You invited them to church. And then we also went door to door and knocked on people's houses mm-hmm. and invited them to church and offered to pray. Um, how did y'all feel doing that? I felt like I was just a different person than I am right now. I put on my extrovert pants for the day <laughs> and I went out and I talked to people. And honestly, though, it felt really like energizing to go and like tell people and pray with people and really like see that God was working in that town and changing people's mm-hmm. lives. It was so cool, but like. I don't even know who that girl was because she is not me. (laughs) (laughs) That it was not me. Like, I would say the same thing. Like, I put on my extrovert pants, and I was probably (laughs) still very introverted. I think I was probably paired with someone who was more outgoing than me for part of it. One year. (laughs) Yeah, that year I was paired with you. One year I was paired with Matt, Michaela's husband, and neither of us are are extroverts. Like, we are the people who will stand with our hands in our pockets and just sit there. Just look. And our youth pastor purposely did it. He was like, I had to do it because one of y'all are bound to talk. He was like, I know y'all aren't just going to go up to a door and stare at people. And that was, like, so fun. That was probably one of the first times I hung out with just Matt. And we went door-to-door through this it wasn't like a high-end neighborhood it was very low and like very like it was kind of sad seeing the people and we knocked on this one door and I remember they like opened the door and it smelled like weed so bad like it just bombarded us and I was like oh my gosh and it was probably the most fruitful conversation we had they did invite us in at one point we were like no like we'll just stay out here like we're not supposed to go in houses or whatever But the guy was, like, very interested and, like, wanted to talk. And I don't know if anything ever came of that. Like, if he ended up going to that church, like, that we invited him to. Or if he opened up his Bible like he said he was going to or what. But it, like, to me it seemed like it opened his eyes to something that, like, he had never heard. And he seemed very interested. And I know it's not my job to make sure that, like, anything comes of it. Like, we're just called to, like, plant the seeds, let God do the rest. But that memory still lives with me. Yeah, and I think what you just said is something that sometimes as Christians we have a hard time wrestling with is like sometimes we are called to do the watering and sometimes we are called to do the harvesting. But a lot of times, if not most of the time, we are just called to plant the seed Mm -hmm. that our worldliness and humanity like gets in the way. And so God is fine just letting us plant the seeds. Mm -hmm. The other day we were having a staff meeting and... 
we like try to keep a record of people that visit our church so that we can call or text or whatever and check in with them and answer their questions and whatever else. And we talked to this lady and we were talking about it in our staff meeting and she said that she came to our church because she was on the phone. She's like a college student talking to her dad, talking about how she just came here to go to college and so she needed to find a home church. And lo and behold, one of the guys from our church knocks on her door. He was going door to door in the middle of the time that she was on her phone talking to her dad about finding a church. He invited her to church and then she just started coming. Like, so insane. Yeah. And, like, it was just this college guy from our church that hasn't even gone there for very long. And he just was like, yep, today I'm going to go invite people to church. And it worked out so well. Wow. So random. Yeah. And that's something that just doesn't happen nowadays. No. one, who answers the door when someone knocks? <laughs> Not me, for yeah. sure. I like, literally look outside the blinds until they leave. <laughs> like, that's the Holy Spirit, just her opening the door. Yeah. But, like, that's so impactful, just showing your willingness to invite people there. I think, I don't want to say 100%, but I feel like people would be more prone to go to church if they truly felt not just welcome, but wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, when was the last time that our churches wanted people there and told them that like sure like my church is very welcoming they all shake my hands and tell me that they're glad to see me but they didn't come looking for me yeah I was just thinking that it's so cool that he was the one that decided to go out and do that because thinking back to our next submission trip and going to the park and like doing prayer walks through neighborhoods and inviting people to church I remember coming back to our home church because that's all that was a time when we all went to the same church and we like told our youth pastor like yeah we really want to do that here and then I don't think we ever did. Like, no, we it did wasn't not. like we weren't as eager to do it in our hometown, which is very sad. I mean, I guess it was easier going there and doing it with complete strangers that you Absolutely. would never see again. Yeah. Versus like doing it in your hometown where like you'll probably see that person at the store down the street and they're like, you're that person that invited me to church. And then you cut me off in the parking lot just now. <laughs> <laughs> like, those people, I don't know why it's so difficult. Like, that was six seven years ago maybe and we never went back to the park and did it but i'm glad he had the willingness to just go door to door (laughs) on his own yeah do we need to film our next episode in the park (laughs) no it's like 12 degrees outside (laughs) um should that be a summer episode in the park perhaps we'll pray about it (laughs) (laughs) my favorite answer (laughs) but having after that experience like has that changed the way that you talk about jesus or how you view evangelism like is that a tool that you now carry around with you knowing that you have that ability to do it or was it that happened don't know her anymore <laughs> move on about my life honestly what grade were we when we did that maybe like eighth ninth maybe you had to be in high school because I was already out of the youth group by oh, okay honestly that was probably one of the first times I ever did anything like that though telling people about Jesus just willy-nilly yeah. like that and definitely knocking on people's doors but So that was eye-opening for me just to see that people were receptive to little old me Mm -hmm. doing something like that. But I definitely haven't knocked on any doors since then, so I don't know. I don't think I use the same strategies necessarily, but for me it became like, it was a good practice for me to just talk to people in general. Obviously, I mean, people listening don't know me, but like I feel like I've become more extroverted in quotation marks since like, that time in my life like I'm probably more likely to talk to someone about those kind of things but like at the same time I just said I'm not walking through the park asking people like hey do you go to a church let me tell you about this one 
Right. I actually did talk to this guy at Target about church today, but pat, oh. pat myself on the back. But he already went to church, so. <laughs> they say nothing good comes out of Target. I know, yeah. We're giving a lot of free ads to that on this episode. I'm sorry. Target. There we go. My B. <laughs> Something I think we ought to probably talk about a little bit is, like, why do we want to evangelize? Like, what? why is that important to us? And I think it's written all over scripture, first of all. Like, we're commanded to do it. But second of all, like we talked about a while ago, the Bible says that God is the way, the truth, the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through Jesus. And so if people don't know his name, how else are they going to have the abundant life and have the joy and have the peace, you know? You said something earlier about, like, if you knew the cure to cancer, you would tell everyone you knew. Or, like, if you knew the one thing that could change your life, like, you would... And this girl in our youth group, she's in my class, something she said maybe this summer roundabout answer, um, <laughs> she said something and she was like, it just like struck me one day that like I have so many friends that I, she was like, I tell people about Jesus and I believe her, like she loves the Lord. And, but she was like, there's a lot of friends that like, it doesn't naturally come up in conversation. And she's like, what if they've never heard the gospel before and I'm the one person that'll tell it to them? She's like, yeah. I'm denying all these people like, access to the knowledge of like life changing the savior of the world and she was like how wrong of me to just not tell my best friends she was like forget telling a stranger like i'm not telling my best friends she was like i could be the one person that they ever hear it from and it like rocked her world i think good that's what we need yeah and i think a lot of people think that christianity is too exclusive and it's just not popular and we probably don't always give the best representation out on the internet and all of these things. And a lot of people with ugly hearts claim that they're Christians. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I'm not the one to judge. But it gets a bad rap. But it's not good to pretend that you're not a Christian or to just not mention it at all. Like, it's not inclusive or kind or welcoming to... To pretend that you're not or to shy away from telling someone about that one thing that will literally change everything. And I mean, as Christians, if our goal is to look and behave like Jesus, Jesus came and he witnessed to the disenfranchised. And what I mean to that, like, it was the minority people. It was the prostitutes who nobody would talk to. It was the lepers that nobody would go around. It was the women that were outcasts in society. Like, those are, he didn't just sit around in a room full of men that had status. He went everywhere to everyone. There is nowhere in the Bible that Jesus says you can't be here. Mm-hmm. Like even the children that are definitely during that time that were meant to be seen and not heard, like he welcomed them. And really the only people that he was kind of a hater on were the people that thought they were more than others. And so... One, if you're listening and you are someone who feels left out of the church, find a different church. Like, go find somewhere else or find someone that shows you Jesus. And two, if you are someone who is keeping people out of church, get it together. Yeah, be quiet. Sit down. (laughs) Get off of Jake's book. (laughs) I also want to touch on that way you said, like, the ones, like, he hated on or was a hater to the most was the people who, like, thought they were better. He didn't exclude them either. Like, he still told them the gospel, how he told others the disenfranchised. He also told the others. Like, he tried to, I don't want to say put them in their place, but Jesus got to put you in your place. He did. He humbled them a little. Yeah. And so, just because someone might think they're better than you, they're not excluded from the gospel either. Like, the gospel is meant for every single person. Like, God created every single person. So, why would he say, but don't tell that person? Like, I just created them to exist? I don't think so. No. 
and as believers, I don't know if y'all know this, but like this is our purpose. Like this is what we were made for and designed to do. And when you become a believer, like that is your one job is to tell people about Jesus. We talked about before the the bride and bridegroom analogy. Allison kind of explained that a few episodes back, I think. Um, and just about how we were talking about it, I think in our marriage episode or our relationship episode, but just how like we as the church, we're the bride and Jesus is the bridegroom. And in the olden days when a couple was betrothed or planning to get married, the bridegroom would go away to his father's house to prepare a place for the bride to live with him forever. And in the meantime, every single day, the bride was to get ready like it was the day that her bridegroom was coming back, every day. And the bridal party, we didn't, I don't think we talked about this before, but their job was to get the oil, to fill the lamp, to go out and tell the town, the, the bridegroom is coming, the bridegroom is coming, like he's back in town, like the wedding is happening now. And I think that we can look at ourselves in the sh- in the shoes of the bride in that story, but we can also look at ourselves in the shoes of the bridal party because every day we need to get the oil to fill the lamp, to go out and take the light to the town and tell the people like, hey, the bridegroom is coming back, like Jesus is coming back. Like, And if you don't go and you don't take the light out to the town every single day and tell the people like they're going to miss it when he comes back. Did y'all track with me on that? You were I'm preaching. like on the verge of tears. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Okay, well, let me just not take all the credit for that because I really heard about that for the first time from a Sadie Robertson uh, sermon, but that really stuck with me. I've watched that sermon like 12 times. I'm not even going to lie. But That's, Yeah, that hit. Oh Thank you for goodness. that. <laughs> on a lighter note, all I could think of was the British are coming. The British are coming. <laughs> Paul Same Revere never yeah. said the British are coming. Your history teachers lied to you. I just need to plug that. Who right. said it? Who said it? Paul Revere was British. Everyone living here was British. Why would he say the British are coming when everybody is British? What did he say then? The Redcoats, perhaps, but it was not the British. Okay, well. Were you there? Yeah. If you ask my students, I was. I've told them that I'm a time traveler and they believe every single word I say. Wow. That's the good news I was referring to. You should to. probably tell them the real good news if they believe every word you say. True. Mm, that'll breach. <laughs> I do. I started this podcast and I plug it every day. <laughs> That's the white noise in her classroom. <laughs> but I'll have to say, like, it is literally our one purpose, our one job. If you're out there and you think, like, what was I made for? What's my purpose? Like, this is it, y'all. Like, find your purpose here. Listen, I know that I love to say 2023, the year of the Barbie movie, 2024, the year after the Barbie movie, um, but there's a very popular song about what was I made for. That and song literally makes me so sad. It's so sad, and honestly, like, obviously I stay in that movie, but it's so sad in that moment because all anybody in this world has to live for if they don't know Jesus is themselves, and that's why that song and that movie is so sad because their whole purpose is not for anything above themselves or even this like very short-term world that we're living in this broken messed up world is all that they are made for whereas if you have like if you're a christian and you have jesus in your life like that's not what you are made for you are made for so much more you have a purpose you have hope all of these things and that song could have honestly that could let's remix that into a worship song perhaps but you keep saying what was i made for and that's just what i keep going yeah back for to. sure what what are you doing to spread the gospel? 
we've talked about why we should do it, what it can look like. And I think it would be hypocritical of us to like challenge our listeners to spread the gospel if we're not talking about either A, this is what we're doing, or like, oof, this is what we're not doing. Well, obviously I'm not walking through a park. I've admitted that a few times this episode. (laughs) But what are you doing? Because that's not necessarily what evangelism has to look like for everybody. I think some people are called to missions, absolutely, whether that's near or far. I love missions a whole lot, and I love going on mission trips and going across the world to tell people about Jesus and praise Jesus, and I think that's really awesome, but I also think that the need is just as great here, and sometimes we forget that, and sometimes we wait until our mission trip every summer to tell people about Jesus, and I could definitely be guilty of that, but the need is great at home too. And so I think that within church, there's always an opportunity to tell people about Jesus, whether someone's a believer or not. There's a hundred different ways you can encourage them towards the Lord. And that's definitely a way that I evangelize to believers and non-believers. And definitely in your home too, whether it's your parents, your children, or your spouse, or whoever. I also like missions like we went we've all been to Panama together and I'm going to Costa Rica this summer those are my only like outside of the country like far mission trips I guess we've gone on a couple here in the states but just like locally for me personally my biggest mission field is my family just because like not everyone in my family like believes in God or goes to church and so like my biggest focus right now is like my little nieces and nephew like I would love for them to get like plugged into a church and like hear about the gospel that way they can take it home to their parents because that's kind of how it worked for me like my grandparents took me to church and like my parents grew up in church too but by the time I started going they didn't go and then like fast forward a few years like some things happened and my family got back in church and I think it was easier for them to go knowing that I was already there so it was like kind of like a drawing point for me to like get them into church like during some hard times and since then like they've been faithful and like consistent in church and now they're also doing what they can to like spread it throughout our family yeah. and then aside from that just working with like youth i like working with the the youths the youths they're fun they're so funny old. They kind of, <laughs> i want to say they keep me young but i'm also the youngest one here <laughs> yeah please don't say that <laughs> So, I don't know. It's also fun to take stories from, like, working in the youth group and going and, like, telling other people and just, like, being able to casually mention, like, yeah, I work with, like, the students, like, in our youth group. And they're like, oh, like, do you like that? Is it fun? And then, like, you can tell stories of, like, them learning, like, about the gospel and, like, things that God's doing in their life while also, like, telling them about how what they're learning is, like, fruitful to me and, like, helping me grow and be passionate, too. Also... I kind of been a little missionary on our little city Facebook page. Yeah, you People have. People are always asking what kind of church they should go to on there, and I'm always like, "Come to our church, come to our church," and it's worked a couple times. Hey, so, yeah. you know, even though that Facebook group is a little unhinged, and if you live in our town, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's like lots of good things come from it too. Yes. <laughs> For you, do you want to take a turn? Um, I, mean, I think we know, but yeah, like. I I love missions. I spent a year abroad living on mission for the Lord. I have been on several mission trips in my life. Um, and then truly, like, my current mission is just, like, being a teacher and presenting the gospel to those kids every day. And while sometimes it's just like, have you heard the good news? <laughs> no, you haven't? Okay. Too bad. <laughs> um, sometimes it's just simply, like, loving on these students. But what you were talking about, Allison, how, like, you use your real life, like, 
this is what I'm doing in the youth group or in whatever and you're telling other people like evangelism does not have to be you walking around knocking on doors with your bible it can be you're sitting next to someone you strike up a casual conversation blah 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 blah, blah. boom you get to tell them about your life because y'all are talking or your nieces and your nephews or whoever is in your life like it does not have to be this formal occasion where you were reciting scripture or anything like that just getting to tell people what Jesus is doing in your life, whether that's something just, I mean, I work in the youth group because God has called me to do this. Well, how do I know that? Well, this is what God has done in my life. Like, it's not this, like, scary script that oftentimes, like, it's made out to be. Mm-hmm. It's just simply you telling people what God has done in your life, and that's enough. That testimony. There's nothing better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's relatable. Like, you look at scripture and there are so many characters in the bible that some I relate to immediately and so like I find a lot of comfort in their story and not to compare ourselves to people in the bible but we are like we're not writing new scripture we're just living out what's already been written and so people will find comfort in a almost like a mirror of themselves oftentimes in the stories that we tell because of what Jesus is doing in our lives yeah I used to think that my testimony was just like super boring and not really worth telling But then I kind of realized, well, first of all, it's not really that boring because God worked the actual greatest miracle ever to happen in my heart, first of all. But second of all, like, it's just, like, my story, so it matters. And a lot of people can relate to the boring story because a lot of people are just normal people like me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that I wasn't a, a crackhead orphan that found Jesus and am now a rich millionaire like it doesn't it's not that dramatic and it's okay because not a lot of other people's lives are that dramatic either I would say more often than not people just live ordinary lives and living in the bible that like we're going to encounter most people who like probably grew up in church or hearing about God to some extent like you might you are going to encounter people who have never heard but I would say like our stories are all kind of the same about how we grew up in church like we were taught from the from the womb like we were taught about God like we heard the name of God our entire lives and so like we weren't some we were lost but we weren't like some like person who had never heard before and then like God came into our lives and like everything was different yes our lives are different because of him but we just lived ordinary lives like and some people I used to think that my testimony was kind of boring too and And that was like such an excuse for me I was like people don't want to hear my story like, like it's not a story even worth telling wrong yeah yeah because it's it's not just our story, it's God's story, and because mm-hmm. we are his, and our story belongs to him. And it's like a real miracle, like, from death to life, like, for real. Tell it. For real. For real. <laughs> like, I can't emphasize it enough. That's one of my favorite things to talk to the youth about, is talking about love, and talking about, like, your testimony are my favorite things to teach about, because... Even though you're not a gifted teacher... <laughs> Well, I'm also a woman, so it's not like I can teach anyway. It doesn't really matter. But hypothetically, if I were to be able to teach. Did you have to put your gender on that thing? What thing? On your gift test. test. (laughs) Yeah, I must have accidentally put woman. I put the wrong one. You mean man? Well, if I had put man, it would have given me a teaching as a gift. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Women don't do that. I was like, that wasn't an accident. Okay, I'm following now. Anyways, <laughs> the times that I do get to teach, I love to talk about their testimony because 
they are all in the same boat that we have been in, that we think that our stories are too ordinary, that God hasn't done enough, that I'm not special enough. Well, you're not. You are too ordinary. But that's what God loves. God loves to call ordinary people to do extraordinary things because it points everybody back to him. Wow. Snaps. Snaps. Well, thanks guys for tuning in. We hope that y'all feel encouraged to tell someone about Jesus and live out your relationship with Jesus and to not be afraid to share your ordinary story with people around you because this ordinary story is something that changed your whole life. And if you don't know Jesus, just know that he will change your whole life. So thanks for tuning in and we hope to catch y'all next week. Bye. Bye.